All right, so here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome everyone to our podcast number two. We are thrilled to be here. And again, I'm Ashley Bunkelman. I have over 15 years experience in um, the aesthetics field. I'm a national chemical peel and laser trainer. And I also customize plans for medical aesthetic practices. I have helped open three successful medical spas and I am a, I'm on a mission to continue building the industry to its full capacity here with Katie Cutler. And we are on Peeling Back the Truth, which is our podcast and our YouTube channel. So welcome everybody, Katie. Hi everybody. Here we are, podcast number two. We are really excited. Uh, the first podcast was really fun. We enjoyed ourselves. Um, we had a great guest on Gina from Glytone and Aven. So it was just really turned out great. And now we're looking to do as great of a podcast today. Um, I'm Katie Cutler. I have been in the industry for over 15 years. I have experience across the board. My career right now is mostly based in teaching and training. And um, I just wanted a little bit last week, we didn't talk about Ashley and I and why we you know, why we were inspired to do this podcast. Um, we were, we were just trying to get through that first podcast, but, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Ashley and I met actually on a training and it was just one of those things, you know, when you meet somebody and you're just like, Ooh, I like this person. I really think that I could work with this person. Um, she's so knowledgeable. She was so energetic and exciting to be around. Um, I was like, I wish she wasn't in Michigan because I'm in Pennsylvania. And we started talking and we, you know, we're like, we have to work together at some point. And this is what we came up with. So we can work together in two different states and still collaborate and uh, get our information out there. We started this because we feel like there's a lot of misconception in the industry. And we think that a lot of women and men who want to have aesthetic treatments, medical aesthetic treatments, don't really know where, what to do. They don't understand lasers. They don't understand medical chemical peels. And it's confusing. And a lot of times they go in blind, not knowing what to do. And without any information, sometimes that cannot end well. So that's what our goal is. Try to get as much information, real information out there about the medical aesthetic field. And Katie, if I can add on to that, I, um, I mean, First and foremost, I'm so excited to be working with you as well. I think one of our highlights of our weeks are kind of planning some things and chatting with each other and bouncing ideas off each other. So um, I'm so excited to be here as well. But I think one of the misconceptions as well in the medical spa practices and aesthetic practices is people going into a facility and they kind of pick what they want to do. I feel that that is not their, like they need to go to the experts. They need somebody that is in charge, that has heavy education to decide what they should do. Because a lot of medical spas out there like to just have specials on things and, oh, you know, even though they might not be a candidate for it, they're like, oh, it's a special, it's great. It's going to be awesome for you. And they have them come in and it's really not the right choice for them. And I feel that in, in the industry, us as practitioners and specialists, we're doing them a disservice by, exactly. you know, by saying, yep, this is going to be great for you because it's unspecial or yep, this is going to be great for you because you've picked it off of a menu. We're mm -hmm. not a, you know, the medical industry and aesthetics isn't a traditional day spa. It's not a hair salon. Exactly. You can say, I want to highlight today. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's medical. And sometimes people will call and say, oh, I wanted to get a chemical peel or a laser treatment. 
we can't schedule that appointment without knowing your skin type, your, right. your history, um, what, what type of treatments that, you know, you have done in the past, where have you been treated? All of this background is so crucial mm-hmm. and it is really the patient's job in this industry to do their due diligence, to research whoever is going to treat you to know exactly what treatment are you getting? Because I can't tell you how many times I've said to people, well, what treatment did you have? And they say, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Well, that's, that's not, you know, that's not great. You need to really know what are they going to do to me? Is this adequate for me and my skin type? Um, Is it a great treatment for me? So it's so important. And that's it. Education, so important. And the patient needs to educate themselves also. And um, so go ahead, Ash. And that's why I think we're here, Katie. I think that, you know, we want to have fun with this. We want to be light with this. We want to talk to specialists, which I'm super excited about our guests today that you're going to introduce shortly. Um, And then we're going to talk more today about like pigmentation, rosacea, melasma, right? Yes. Awesome. Because it's summer and that that's a, you know, time where people really are struggling with those issues. So, well, let's get to it. All righty. So today we are so lucky to have Dr. Robert Bowen on our podcast. Uh, I have worked with Dr. Bowen at a training. Also, I got, I had the pleasure of training his staff on the Aralace Neo device and his staff was amazing. All of them so knowledgeable and it's so refreshing to go into a practice. And not only is the doctor knowledgeable, but his staff also is knowledgeable. Uh, when his technician, his esthetician put her hands on the laser, it was very obvious that she had experience. She knew exactly what she was doing. She didn't have fear, you know, touching the device and using the device. So I was very impressed with their, with their practice and impressed with the doctor. He has extensive experience in this industry. He's one of the first doctors to go through um, a fellowship for aesthetic medicine. He's just really knowledgeable. He's also, he's involved in so many other things. So we'll let him talk a little bit about himself. And again, thank you for coming today. Welcome. And this is Dr. Bowen. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to say that I appreciate you inviting me. And I especially appreciate the fact that you're doing this, because that's one thing that we believe in very strongly in our practice is that just because it's aesthetics or cosmetic medicine doesn't mean that it's not medicine. This is uh, not to be, this is not going to the cosmetic counter at Neiman Marcus. This is, uh, and, uh, and, and so education is very important. And that's, uh, I've, I've always had that uh, idea about uh, not just aesthetics, but also uh, about medicine in general, that people are uh, uh, really need to understand what's wrong with them and why are they taking, what's, what the medicine is, what the dose is, why are they taking it? What happens if they don't take it? You know, they really need to understand this if you expect a patient to be compliant. Uh, and, uh, and uh, teaching uh, is, uh, it's not just a passion for me, it's my job. I'm a professor of medicine at West Virginia University, um, director of the internal medicine uh, clerkship. Uh, I do wound and hyperbaric medicine. I do ICU medicine. I do sleep medicine. Um, uh, those are my university jobs. And then uh, the aesthetic practice is uh, what uh, pays the bills. <laughs> Cause it is very popular. And yeah. that's why this is so important because I feel that medical spas are 
so popular and they are just constantly popping up on every corner. It seems like every time you turn around, there's a new med spa. And a lot of times people are opening med spas and their, their background is not in aesthetic medicine. Their background can go from anything from gynecology to, they used to own a clothes store. It it really just kind of is very, um, open transitional transitional to who is opening a med spa. So it's so important that these people who are purchasing devices, using devices, know what's going on. And, and, and Ashley and I feel like we can really educate the consumer as much as possible so they can advocate for themselves. We do a lot of training. Yeah. We do a lot of training and teaching within the industry, but as far as that consumer goes, I feel that they're just unprotected. They don't know. And they trust whoever they are going to see. And unfortunately, not every person that they, you know, would see everyone who's practicing in this field is not always experienced to the level that they should be. Um, So that's, that was our inspiration. And when I met you and you were so passionate about teaching, I was, I said, he's going to be a great guest on the show. So today we're going to try to touch upon hyperpigmentation, melasma, and rosacea and concerns for clients with those conditions. It is summer melasma and hyperpigmentation is, you know, huge right now. It's a constant common complaint complaint among patients. So we just wanted to ask you, what is your experience with it? And, you know, what have you been successful with treating these conditions? Uh, okay. Well, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's timely, as you say, because it's, it's summertime (laughs) and, uh, hyperpigmentation. There's a number of things that cause hyperpigmentation. Uh, there's post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation that people get from, um, acne, uh, often they'll come in and they say, I have acne scars. Well, they don't have scars. They're no collagen is disrupted in their skin or they don't have mm-hmm. pockmarks or what they have is little brown spots mm-hmm. from where there was a blemish before. Um, and of course, the freckles and sun damage uh, causes hyperpigmentation. And, you know, the first thing that we tell people uh, when they come to the office is before you spend any money, you have to, uh, make a commitment to stay out of the sun and you have to make a commitment not to smoke cigarettes because if you're doing that what we're what we're doing will help for a while but you're going to have to do it till kingdom come and um um and of course you know we can treat your skin but the damaging effects on the other organs uh, is continuing anyway mm-hmm. uh so uh it's uh, it's important that as as they say if you find yourself in a hole the first thing that you do is stop digging and so we want them to stop digging first, and then we're going to help pull them up out of the hole. Now, do you typically, Dr. Bowen, tell them as well that they need to be on a nice lightener or brightener to help exfoliate and to kind of suppress some of those melanocytes when you're going to get prepared for treatment? Uh, yes. So we like to uh, prepare the treat. Uh, if a patient's going to have a laser treatment or a peel, then mm-hmm. we want them to use some topical to decrease the tyranase uh, uh, the, the conversion to uh, melanin uh, as much as much as possible. Uh, so uh, at least uh, uh, at, le- at least uh, a couple of weeks before a week, uh, we'll we'll go in somebody that's uh, that has uh, uh, lighter skin. So it's a um, and melasma and rosacea are probably those are two very difficult 
problems mm -hmm. to treat dermatologically mm -hmm. because they're chronic and they wax and wane on their own. They come back no matter what you do. Uh, and so it's, a, it's, it's, ma it's management. It's like management of hypertension or diabetes. We're not gonna cure it. What we're gonna do is make it so that it's uh, tolerable. Under control as mm -hmm. much and, as possible. Under control. Mm -hmm. So, so melasma, uh, start, start with that. That's um, uh, a cloasma is C-H-L-O-A-S-M-A is another synonym for that. Maybe some people have heard of that. Uh, that has been kind of discarded as a term uh, mm -hmm. because that in Greek, that means turning green. Uh, whereas melasma means turning brown and what mm -hmm. they actually do is turn brown. So it's more, it's more correct uh, to say, to say melasma. And another uh, expression that's a synonym for this is the mask of pregnancy. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and also doctor, would you agree that melasma most of the time will mirror itself? Um, that's a way that I can really determine if I'm dealing with melasma or if I'm just dealing with hyperpigmentation from the sun. I find that the majority of the time, the melasma, if it's on one cheek, it's going to be on the other, mm -hmm. vice versa, up at the forehead. And that is a sure sign that this is melasma and not just sun damage. Uh, yes. And there's other things about the pattern that helps give you a clue, but there is you know, whenever we have hyperpigmentation, there's a differential diagnosis. So uh, is it freckles? Is it uh, nevi, uh, which would typically be a single uh, le isolated lesion? lesion. Um, uh, is it, is it or is it melasma? And melasma is typically kind of confluent, but mm -hmm. if you have enough freckles, it can be confusing. Presented it can be that very way. confusing. And the, and, mm -hmm. the, and the treatment is different in that freckles are... Uh, and sun damage, uh, litigenes from sun damage are very easily treated with IPL. Yes. Uh, it works, it works great uh, for that. Um, but melasma is often made worse by intense pulse light. And so we want to- Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, I'm so glad you just mentioned that. We're not sure. We, uh, you know, and, there, and there's, there's, so let me talk a little bit about how we can do a differential diagnosis. Yes. Um, so the um, number one from uh, from our history, if they have a family history of it, my mother has it, my aunt has it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that so that helps. Uh, what what is their sun exposure? Uh, what are their hormones? Are they on uh, Are they on an oral contraceptive? Uh, mm -hmm. Or uh, have they uh, just had uh, Have they just just had a child? So mm -hmm. those are all things. And then of course, how long have you had it? So oh, ever I've had it ever since I was pregnant um, with my second with my second child, and then it went away. And then with the third baby, uh, it came back and it's never gone away is a common story that you hear. Mm -hmm. And that's that um, is absolutely how you can determine, you know, a lot of times women or they started a birth control pill or something hormonal has taken place right. that that stimulated the melasma to be present. And, and what we see is in. Um, for people that are familiar with the Fitzpatrick skin types, what we see this in type three and four skin the mm -hmm. most. Mm -hmm. In lighter skin, one, one or two, um, it doesn't, uh, there's not enough melanocytes uh, to typically to do this. Uh, and in darker skin, five and six, um, there's so much pigment that you can't, that, that if some pigment changes, it's not, it's not gonna be visible either. So not as that noticeable. middle range, 
of course, is where that it's little range is most not, obvious. Rep represents at least half of our patients, mm -hmm. um, not um, and and probably more than that. Um, so that's so that's one thing, and and the other thing about melasma is it can be uh, uh, freckles uh, are. Uh, something that occur uh, primarily in the epidermis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit easier to treat. With melasma, um, we see uh, both epidermal and dermal mm -hmm. uh, changes. And yes. sometimes it's more one than the other, but it's all, almost always a combination of both. Mm -hmm. uh, so the epidermal melasma is gonna look darker brown it has kind of a sharp border. You can mm -hmm. see where that patch of pigmentation is. Uh, and if you expose it to ultraviolet light, it gets darker. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the woods lamp is, uh, uh, is uh, uh, a, uh, a, uh, a UV light. Dermal melasma, because it's farther under the surface, is not as dark. And it's also, you know, maybe, you know, grayish brown or something like that. Uh, and when you shine ultraviolet light on that, it looks just about the same. And the dermal is harder to treat. And like mm -hmm. I said, most people have both. Sometimes we have to peel off the epidermis first before we know that. Absolutely. Sure. That's our favorite. Uh, uh, we, I find that a lot of times clients may have melasma that is presenting, but it's really not active at that time. So doing something epidermal can make a huge difference Manually, considering yeah. the fact that that, that uh, pigmentation is kind of left over from the pregnancy or from the time where the hormones were active causing it. And, you know, that is the type of melasma client that is much easier to get, you know, a result from mm -hmm. than someone who's actively in melasma phase. Now, if you don't mind, um, Dr. Bowen, and I know you're kind of going based on, you know, dermal and epidermal melasma, you said something just a couple minutes ago that really triggered me. And I think that there's a truth here and a myth. You said you do not like to use IPL for melasma. Can you explain to us why you do not like to use IPL for melasma? Because Katie and I just had this conversation yesterday about how so many people are misled on treating melasma with IPL and then it gets worse. It might bounce back and get a little better, but then a couple weeks later it gets way worse. So can you talk to us a little bit about, um, your knowledge and expertise on why you do not like IPL for melasma? Um, sure. And, uh, I, uh, I love IPL. We have a, we uh, have BBL is the, is the type mm -hmm. of IPL that we use, which we use. I love it. It's fabulous for rosacea. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have, but, um, especially if it's, if it's dermal melasma, mm -hmm. the heat from the IPL, uh, at least we think this is the reason. I mean, definitely it happens. What the pathophysiology is, is not, really uh, understood completely. Mm -hmm. But we do see that it, that sometimes, and more often than not, it gets worse. And presumably it's because the heat is creating um, that hyperpigmentation from, uh, infl from inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, so, that's, uh, so that's a good reason to, um, uh, uh, and that can, happen with, that can happen with any kind of a treatment, including peels and the uh, 1064 laser as well. Uh, is that you can, it, if the patient is not properly uh, prepared ahead of time to inhibit their uh, melanin production. 
Do you um, typically with melasma treat with your Neo? Uh, yes. And you have a really good outcome with the Neo. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, been, that's been very powerful yeah. uh, device. Uh, the heat uh, from that laser is less because of the short pulse width. The pulse width of, uh, of that 1064 laser is uh, 650, I think it is, 650 mm -hmm. microseconds, yeah. as opposed to our other treatments that are measured in milliseconds. So it's mm -hmm. a factor of 10 less. So it's less than a, way less than the thermal relaxation time of the tissue. Mm -hmm. And so it's likely that it's, it's not likely to stimulate more hyperpigmentation. Yes. And that just to, you know, explain this a little more to some of our listeners, because I know we are talking a little technical and I know it's confusing at times, but uh, what we're talking about a short pulse is how quickly that laser energy is going into the skin and then coming out. And because it's a short pulse and it goes into the skin so rapidly and out that it's not causing peripheral damage and it's not activating the melasma as a IPL treatment or something a BBL treatment could possibly do without the inflammation as well and heating up that tissue. Yes. Absolutely. So if your practitioner tells you that we're going to do an IPL for melasma, um, I would definitely question that and also do a little more research on something that would be more effective for a melasma treatment. You do have to be careful. It's very because, different than hyperpigmentation. Yes. Because melasma is a chronic condition, mm -hmm. then uh, it often regrows requires ongoing treatment and it requires uh, several different approaches. Yes. So we don't, we don't use just the aerolase. Mm -hmm. We're, um, you know, so the, the number one most important thing, and I've touched on this already, is that they have to make a commitment to stay out of the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, and that means very strict staying out of the sun, even in the winter. Um, and if they are in the sun, maybe it be SPF. in the car, the SPF is crucial, uh, you know, yeah, so sun, sunblock, sunblock with zinc or titanium dioxide every day is a must, uh, even, even, even in the winter, whether you're going to be, whether you think you're going to be outside or not. And then when you're doing an outside activity, you're working in the yard, you're playing uh, golf, you're uh, running, you're hiking, then you use extra sunblock on top of that, plus a big hat. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that's so number one, that's the most important thing. And uh, the second thing is to look at alternative uh, methods. If it's if it's from the oral contraceptive pill to look at uh, different alternatives for birth control. Uh, if so, is it so you make a decision uh, is uh, this you're tolerating uh, this drug well and uh, this isn't the right time for you to be pregnant. Um, well, then maybe we should wait to treat your, uh, we should wait to treat your melasma because it's not, it's likely to be that you're wasting your money. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and being so honest, wanna, that's key. So we want, so we want to counsel the patients and know, know what the score is. Yes. Um, and that's so important to be very upfront with your patient. That's another thing that we see a lot of, you know, practitioners aren't always completely upfront with their patient and whether it is that they just don't know or they just want to, you know, have a sale or get mm -hmm. a new client. Uh, longevity of a client does not come from not being honest. It comes and educating from, and not educating yes, and not it's, educating. It's interesting, Dr. Bowen, that you keep re referencing it being a chronic um, 
thing with your skin, obviously with melasma, I always in consultations with people with melasma, I always say to them, I'm not going to cure your melasma. I'm going to clear your melasma because we can clear it, but it can come back. It will come back. If, if you're not taking the steps that you need to, as you said, um, less sun exposure, if you have sun exposure, obviously SPF prepping your skin with lighteners and brighteners, keeping on, you know, a, a great, um, diet, obviously not smoking things of that nature. I think it's really important that people realize we're not going to cure anything with melasma. We're just going to clear it and then continue Maintained. doing so with main, maintenance. And I just why good. I had a patient uh, who, you know, we, it was about a six month project getting her melasma cleared and it was 95% gone. Mm -hmm. And she spent one afternoon uh, in October when it was cool outside uh, at, a, um, at the playoff soccer game that her kids had. Um, and, uh, and it was, and it was all, by the next week, it was all back and we had to start over again. No and sunscreen. So it was, so it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me and especially for her. Did she not use sunscreen either? Well, no, I, I, I think she, I think she thought, well, it's October. Oh. It's not that bright outside. Uh, it's cold, you know? And so, and, and, you know, when it's, when it's chilly, you don't feel the sun on your face. You don't know Always that you're there. the sun. And there's uh, a good myth just because it's cold, it doesn't mean that the sun can't, you know, affect your melasma. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be 90 degrees and sunny. It could or be cloudy very, or cloudy. It, it still can be. Yeah, lots of ultraviolet affected. light will come through the clouds. Yes. I personally have melasma and I will say, to be honest, I'm so thankful that I have the tools every week at my office to help me because there was a couple winters ago that I forgot to put my sunscreen on during the winter. And the sun obviously bounces off the light with the snow and you're getting more rays. It's going to be more powerful. And I didn't put sunscreen on. I was driving the car for hours and I had a huge patch of melasma come about because I didn't remember my sunscreen and it was even more powerful with the snow and the sun. So it doesn't necessarily mean heat, 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 hot out in the summer, or even when there's clouds or an overcast, I feel that I get more sun when there's an overcast and it's warm out with my skin. I mean, people just always, like you said, yes, Dr. that Bowen, is have so to true. Keep, have to keep the SPF on. And it's so confusing because people don't really, they don't think that they think if they can't see the sun, then the sun isn't causing any damage. And that is definitely not the truth. Um, so it's yes, it's a myth. And that's one of our myths today. But real quick, just to recap a little bit, the things I know that we're giving lots of information. Um, and I just want to kind of recap for our, for our listeners. So just from today, we hope that you realize melasma is a condition. It's not just that pigmentation that you see that if you're told IPL is going to help your melasma, that you question that. And then you look into a, a, a better treatment. Um, the Aralase Neo is a great treatment for melasma with combination treatments. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you are interested in, in using that device, you could go on their website, type in your zip code, and it will give you locations of doctors in your area that have the device. Dr. Bowen has the device. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a lot of devices out there. You just can, and you can locate that on the Aralase.com website. Um, well, 
So unfortunately, I could sit here and talk about hyperpigmentation all day or anything cosmetic, uh, medical cosmetic related. But Ashley, um, I think we have some viewer questions. Absolutely. I did have a question. Um, this is Alyssa from Memphis, Tennessee. She said, I love hiking all year round, but in the summer months, my melasma is so bad after having two children. Why and what can we do to help this? Um, as Dr. Bowen was saying, you know, you want to really prep the skin. Um, I would like to actually talk about one of my favorite, um, SPFs and it's by ISDIN. Um, that's I S D I N and it is going to be the ageless, um, SPF 50. I love that, um, specific SPF because it has reparisomes in it. Reparisomes are actually repairing the damage in your skin while it's on your skin, protecting you with the SPF 50. And that is a 10.7% zinc oxide. So it's, it's lightweight on the skin. It has a little bit of a tint to it. I wear it every single day. That's actually what I have on right now with just bronzer. It has amazing coverage. And I think it's very important that people realize that they want to get, you know, something mineral-based zinc, um, like I said, 10%, 10.7% zinc oxide and that tint. I love the ISDIN for that. Um, I think every day you definitely, as Dr. Bowen and Katie and myself were talking about, you want to always have your SPF on all year round. Alyssa, I know you said you're hiking all year round, um, but specifically in the summer months, keep reapplying, keep um, giving a generous effort to Wear having the SPF wearing a hat, um, and then keep up on your treatments in office because it is safe during the summer. As Katie and I talked on our last podcast about, um, do you have any favorites, um, of SPF Katie, you want to talk about? I'm a fan of Elta MD. I love their sunblock. Uh, what I love about their, their line is the price point is affordable mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll have a client or, you know, a patient that their, their budget is not for a $90, you know, product it is. So I love that about Elta. And I also love that it is, it is a really great product. It, you know, it has everything in it that we are speaking about and it's definitely, you know, it works very well and I love it. I recommend it all the time. So that's Elta MD, E-L-T-A-M-D. They have a website also, and Ashley spoke about ISDIN and that's I-S-D-I-N. And I, just because I know a lot of times the listeners, they want to purchase these products that we speak of and they don't, we, we say it so quickly. So I just wanted to reiterate that, but both of them. And last week we talked about Glytone. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a new sunblock serum that's phenomenal. So that's another uh, choice you could go with. So, and, and one more thing, what was our listener's name that just asked the question? Alyssa. Alyssa. Um, it's so important that if you want to do treatments for your melasma that you research some, mm -hmm. you know, in your area, people and practitioners who have a history of treating, you know, this type of condition and that they have experience so that you can get a proper treatment. So do your homework and find someone in your area that could help you. Don't just go to a, somebody and believe everything because not always is the information correct. Do a little bit of research, um, you know, and find a, a doctor or a nurse, an esthetician, somebody who can treat you, you know, the proper way. And uh, we did also talk today a little bit about skin typing. And I just want to quickly just say what, what that is, the Fitzpatrick mm -hmm. skin tail, skin, 
scale is um, one through six, one being your lightest client, six being your darkest client. And also what is important though, when you're skin typing is ethnicity of the client, Mm -hmm. not always just what they appear, um, also what their background is, is because if they have a darker skin type in their ethnicity, but they present like a one or a two, Mm -hmm. you still have to keep that into consideration. So with aesthetics, medical aesthetics, not just is it the, what you see, it's also, you need to dig a little deeper and get always that have the question, mm-hmm. always get the background. Um, I know Katie, that we were going to talk a little bit more about rosacea as well. And I would love for Dr. Bowen to give us his feedback on rosacea and treating rosacea in his practice. Yes. Okay. So rosacea it has something in common with melasma in mm-hmm. that it's chronic. Mm-hmm. It waxes and wanes. Uh, and people with rosacea will often say, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not too bad right now because it's cool. But when I get hot, when I, uh, when I uh, exercise, when I'm outside in the summertime, when, I'm, uh, uh, when I have a drink of wine, mm-hmm. uh, when I eat spicy food, it all brings, uh, I have the flushing in my face. Um, and uh, so, it, so it, it's going to come, it's going to come and go. And so in, at any given moment, it's hard to know how effective your treatment is. You have, to, you need a, you don't need a snapshot. You need a video, right. uh, essentially. So, uh, what we'll do is, uh, 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 and and the other thing it has in common with melasma is that uh, avoiding the sun or using sun sunblock and uh, protective clothing protective uh, a big hat uh, will will help that too now of mm-hmm. course rosacea is red it's not brown right. uh, and it's tiny little blood vessels uh, is what so there what the, what our target is is not pigment our target is the hemoglobin in the blood vessels mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, so treating that with IPL, uh, if it's done properly, is a great treatment for that. It requires, you know, more than one treatment typically. Um, and and when I find it's the the for either using the 1064 Aralase or uh, or BBL to treat rosacea, what I'll want the patients to do. I mean, if if a wine triggers it and they have a ride, it's okay if they have a drink of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, patients. Don't have don't have a ride, and so I'll have them go up and down the steps of my building until they get really red, because I want as much target as possible so that they'll get the most, uh, the biggest uh, result uh, for a single treatment. But typically for rosacea, and of course it depends how bad it is, um, will take more than one treatment. If it, if they just have rosy cheeks that they wish they didn't have, one treatment is probably going to be sufficient. But if it's if it's more serious than that. Um, it may require uh, 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 se- several, several treatments a month apart. Uh, and do you, I, I know that with rosacea, often I see a vascular, a more vascular rosacea. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will see uh, acneic rosacea. So I, I find that if I sometimes tackle the two conditions separately, um, if someone has a very vascular rosacea, I will, and I can see those little vessels, Mm -hmm. I will treat those vessels individually and then work on treating the, and, and I find that it clears really well that way. Same with the acneic. Then going back and doing a global. Yes. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I think that that brings up a, a good point. So this is an advantage of the aerospace is it's very good for treating 
visible vessels. So it's all vascular, but the flushing is capillaries. So you can't actually make out a vessel. Uh, with, uh, with the air lace, you can trace that vessel and take that out. Now, I don't treat the vessels and globally in the same day okay. because you can, it's, it, can be t- it can be too much light, too much heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, it's possible that the patient, uh, it's not likely, but it's possible the patient could get a blister. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll do the bigger vessels first. Uh, and of course, mostly if you've noticed, you see people with those vessels on their nose, some on yes, their cheek, yes. and especially the crease between the nose and the cheek is places where many people have those vessels or right uh, at the, in the, in the uh, entrance to the nostrils. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes uh-huh. I feel like the trauma happens in that area, you know, if they're blowing your t- nose, blowing their nose, or it can really get, you know, bad in those areas. But- <laughs> But I do believe that, uh, you know, I see vascular issues um, on the face to angiostasia, but that's not always rosacea. You know, that can just be something that happened from some another, another reason it happened. So it is different than rosacea, even if it's vascular rosacea. Yeah, I, I, had, think- a, I, I had a gentleman who uh, presented to me and said uh, he's, he had blood vessels all over his nose. And it was actually, it was, his nose was enlarged uh, even. Uh, and he said, I need to get this fixed because people at work think I, that I'm a drinker. And I said, are you a drinker? And he said, well, yeah, but I don't want people to think I am. <laughs> That's funny. So we helped. So we took care of that for him. And I also told him that it would get, it would get better if he didn't drink so much. <laughs> yeah. I often see it a lot in my male patients that are golfers. Tons and tons of golf. Well, obviously, well, golfers some. do like to drink. Yeah, exactly. Too. Golfing and drinking kind of go hand in hand for some. Yeah, those two things are not mutually exclusive, right? Exactly. So, and I, I, you know, again, trying to tell them to take care of their skin, maybe drink a little bit less. But I think that the results you can see with a BBL for rosacea and with Aralase are absolutely amazing. And you can, the thing that I like is. Yes, typical rosacea because it's chronic is going to probably need multiple treatments, but a lot of times patients are seeing the wow factor in one treatment and that's what asks them to come back for more. And as you probably know, Dr. Bowen males, male patients don't love to just come see us all the time. Just like a doctor's appointment. They don't like to follow up with their doctor. Um, I'm sure you probably know something a little bit about that. Male clients don't probably want to come in as often as female clients, but it's nice because we're showing them that wow factor and then they want to come back the next month. So yeah, um, I think it's important to kind of educate them on that as well, how important it is to come back and continue treating month after month, just to make sure that the, the area is addressed. Yes. Following up is always crucial and protocol. If your um, practitioner gives you a protocol, you you need to follow the protocol to get to that maximum result that you're looking to get to. You can't get there if you don't do your part in coming to your appointment, showing up and coming during, you know, to do the complete protocol. And it's always important to, like you said, Katie, kind of going back to the education purpose, people, you are worth it. You are worth it because your skin is worth it. Your face is worth it. People oftentimes think, oh, I'm just going to go here and do these things. And I don't even know what they just did to me. 
invest in yourself, invest in the time that you're putting the money that you're putting into the practice that you trust and make sure that it's the right practice for you. Make sure they're being honest, make sure you're being compliant with them and make sure that, you know, you're understanding a little bit of the technology that they're doing on your skin, because at the end of the day, over, you know, 70% of the treatments that are being done are lasers. And you want to make sure that person is very well equipped to dealing with those lasers and having the education background. Um, Dr. Bowen, it was so amazing to have you here today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and talking with Katie and myself. Um, We are so happy that you are enjoying the Neo in your practice as Katie and I rave about it all the time. The Aerolase Neo is amazing for a multitude of conditions and treatments that are well for all skin types and Mm -hmm. are also good to do in winter plus summer months. Um, And I also think Katie, this kind of this kind of got to me a little bit about maybe our next podcast. Um, mm. What about we maybe next time talk to patients and providers about what it takes to have successful medical spa practices? And I think that's a, a great, you, you know, know, a great education. topic. Absolutely. Yes. Education. And I think that there are, uh, I actually, when I was at Dr. Bowen's office, he had said something to me that I believe so much. Yeah, I, I think this all the time. He said, if someone was to purchase this this device, the Neo, the Aralace Neo, they would be okay. They would be set. They could really get started in the industry with this device and then add on as time goes because it does so many different things. And he's absolutely right with that. And unfortunately, a lot of times people open med spas and they purchase so many things and they don't really even know what is good for what, because they don't have the experience with it yet. And then, you know, a little bit start slow and, and work your way. They always say slow and steady wins the race, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, Dr. Bowen, we hope that we can have you in the future as well. I know you're a very busy man. So thank you so, so much for coming on board. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I want to say again, that I appreciate uh, the service that you're doing for uh, patients by uh, helping to spread this information. And uh, it's, um, uh, it's a, a, a niche that's been neglected. And uh, I appreciate that you taking the time and making the effort to fill that. Oh, thank you so much. Makes us feel great. Yes, <laughs> it to your patients. Tell them to listen to our podcast. They could get some info. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Katie, real quick before we take off here, let's talk about some truths and myths today with peeling back the truth. Okay, let's def- let's talk about a truth. A truth is that melasma and rosacea are not just what appears on your skin that you see. They are both conditions that need to be treated, but cannot be cured, only maintained. And they are chronic. So we may clear your skin, but we may not cure your skin. Um, Another truth is obviously with melasma all year round and pigmentation in general, and realistically, everybody should always be wearing sunscreen all year round. Don't let somebody tell you because it's cloudy out or it's not warm out, or, you know, it's winter time that you don't need to have the, um, sunscreen on. You do need to have the sunscreen on. So that is a truth. Katie and I talked about two of our, um, well, three of our favorite SPFs, one being Glytone that you can find at glytoneusa.com. That's G L Y T O N E 
um, USA.com. And also there is going to be ISDIN that I spoke about with the tint um, that has reparasomes in it. And that's going to be ISDIN. And you can find them on their website. And then also Elta MD. Katie, if you can spell that for us, please. Sure, that's E-L-T-A-M-D. And they have a website also. You can also get it on different websites uh, online. Dermstore.com uh, carries it. So, you know, it's very easily accessible. A lot of med spas have it in their practice. So that's another way you could purchase it. They have a few different types. Um, just read about them and which one's best for your skin. If you'd like the tinted, they have a tinted. If not, they also have a clear. Uh, it's a great product. It really is. And um, I, I use it all the time. I use Isden. I use Glytone. I do mix it up a little, I but it. they all work so well. But uh, Ashley, today was really fun. It was. And so informative. Dr. Bowen is amazing. Um, it's so great to listen Absolutely. to all this information. And I had a good time today and I can't wait to come back for our next one. Yes. So in two weeks, let's talk to our, um, you know, practitioners and consumers and business owners about what it takes to run a successful med spa, what in the industry works and doesn't work to open up a successful med spa and kind of helping, um, you know, our consumers navigating what's going to be best for them. Right. And, because and this industry that. is not just, it's not just the patient. It's also the practitioner. And as, as much as some patients struggle to get the right treatment, some new medical spa, you know, practitioners who are opening a new medical spa are struggling too, yes. trying to get things down, picking lines, picking skincare lines. That's my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really am sorry, but I've tried to maintain him. It's not working. But okay. anyway, so there are many, you know, things that they need to, to get for their medical spa and they don't always know what's good. So. We can help there too. Well, awesome. Um, I, you know, I feel like this is more of a serious podcast today. Dr. Bowen was so informative that we were kind of diving deep into that. And we always like to bring a little humor to it. So thank you. Thank you to your dog because that yeah, he lightened it up a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we will talk in two weeks and that means it's going to be like right after 4th of July. So I hope everybody out there that is celebrating the 4th of July outside is using their correct SPF, yes. seeing their practitioners, the right ones that are going to help them with their skin through the summer. And Katie, we are going to catch up after 4th of July. So I can't wait. I will. I will talk thank to you, you soon. And thank you all of our listening. followers. And also you can check us out on ashleybunks.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-E. B-U-N-K-S.com. And also Katie has her website up and ready. And you can yep. share that with us, Katie. It's Katie, C-A-T-I-E, Cutler, C-U-T-L-E-R.com. And thank you everybody for joining Katie and myself for our second um, episode of Peeling Back the Truth. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye everybody.